one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello and welcome back to the Unplayable Podcast. My name is Josh Shonafinger, and on this edition of the show, we've got a very special guest. It's Brisbane Heat's Spencer Johnson, the left arm quick, who's been taking the KFC BBL by storm. He took on Tim David and he won. He took on Marcus Stoinis and he won. And now he joins the Unplayable Podcast to talk through fast bowling, injuries, and Italy, of all things. Uh, coming up later in the week as well, we're going to have a BBL 12 recap. Jack Painter and I will go through the season just ahead of the final series, including team of the tournament. Does Steve Smith make it from only four games? Hmm. Well, wait and find out. But for now, let's jump straight into my chat with Spencer Johnson. Welcome back to the Unplayable Podcast. My name is Josh Shonafinger, and just ahead of the BBL finals, I'm joined by the latest BBL bowling sensation. His name is Spencer Johnson, and he's uh, taking the world by storm at the minute for the Brisbane Heat. Spencer, welcome to the Unplayable Podcast, and how's the feeling around the team at the minute? Yeah, thanks, Josh. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, the, the boys are definitely up and about. It's good vibes in the change rooms. Um, Test boys are back, so that, that definitely adds to the to the vibes. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're going well. Now you're in Launceston ahead of the, the Heat's final game of the tournament. A win will guarantee you a third position. And it must be hard to fathom, I guess, the turnaround because it wasn't too long ago that the Heat were second last. Yes, that's true. Yeah, a win uh, tomorrow here in Lonnie uh, gets us a home final, which we're looking forward to. Um, so, yeah, I yeah, a couple of weeks ago we were sort of towards the bottom there, and but the, yeah, that's big bash, isn't it? There's there's top five come go through, so. Well, that's right. Maybe it's got something to do with uh, your inclusion as well. Four out of your five matches have been wins, so maybe there's a common denominator there. Um, I want to talk about those Sundays match against the Melbourne Stars. Uh, they looked like there was a bit of um, a bit of byplay between you and Marcus Stoinis. Is there anything you can tell us there? Uh, no, nah, there were, there were a big Stoney. He's, um, he's definitely got a presence there. He's, he's a good looking man. He smells good. Um, I think, he, yeah, just, I sort of had to, to find something because the way he was strutting around, I, um, I sort of had to puff my chest out as well. Um, but yeah, he's, I was in awe of the man. He's, he's a big guy. <laughs> and you're a pretty big fellow yourself. How tall are you actually, Spencer? Uh, six, four. So okay. probably, we're probably pretty similar, but he, he definitely felt like he was he, – he had me covered. So what we've seen from you, you've been pretty composed in the Big Bash so far, but you took that catch at um, short third man off Stoinis, which turned out to be a no ball, but there was a good, big celebration from you. Was that part of trying to impose yourself on the match? Yeah, I did give that a fair bit. The voice of um, said, geez, um, you, you didn't mind that. I was, I was pretty happy with the catch, to be honest. Um, it was a pretty nice shot, and I, th- and I thought – it was a legal delivery, to be fair. Um, so, yeah, that I think that 
was just trying to pump, pump me up for the for the last set. Yeah, and so tell us and the listeners what it takes to bowl the final over of a big bash game, um, because and not only have you had to bowl it um, to just any old player, you've had Marcus Stoinis and you've had Tim David right there at the other end. So take us inside the mind of a, a bowler about to bowl the last over of a big bash match. Um, well, Aussie's been massive. That's probably the the, the key, the, the main thing for me. Aussie's standing at mid off, um, keeping me calm. Um, that, that's that's the number one thing, really. Is he's he's been backing me in as well. We've we've had clear plans at the top top of the mark, our mark. Um, and yeah, you can. The only thing you can do is is plan and hopefully execute. And if it comes off, it comes off. If it doesn't, that it doesn't. And do you sort of know what you're going to bowl for the whole over, or is it a ball by ball thing? You have to always be on your toes. Um, I think it's unless you need to make a change. It's where I'm. I'm normally a pretty, pretty straightforward, pretty simple guy. Um, so unless we feel like we need to make a change, if he's moving around, or but as you, as you saw against Tim David the other night, it was pretty pretty simple plan. Um, trying to angle across. Um, bit of variable. The wicket was a little bit had a bit of variable bounce, so that back of the length um, would have been quite tough for him to to hit it. Where the it was the same wicket against the stars, but it had all the grass taken off, so it was I had to sort of go a little bit fuller and try and hit hit the Yorkers. Interesting. Yeah. Well, it shows that you can uh, sort of pull off both. For if any of our listeners missed those two matches, Tim David on Friday needed 18 off the last over against Spencer. Here he couldn't do it, and Marcus Stoinis needed 14 on Sunday, and he couldn't do it. So I want to ask: Have you always been a death bowler in T20? Has that always sort of been your role to bowl those last overs? Uh, well, in club cricket, it is. I would. I, the the plan is I bowl the first two and the last two. Um, yeah. But I wouldn't wouldn't say I'd be um, a death bowler. Um, okay. I think I'm it's something I've definitely been working on and um, sort of striving to to achieve to be that death bowler and get thrown the ball in in the in the hard overs, which I'm getting here, which is quite cool. Um, but it's yeah, it's something I'm I'm definitely working on. And is it something you enjoy that extra responsibility? Yeah, yeah, you've got to want the ball definitely. As, yeah. as a as a fast bowler, you you always want the ball in your hand, um, and you, you sort of want to take take the game by yeah. You you want to, you want the game in your hands. Yeah, absolutely, and it's shown also just on your your speed as well in your second Big Bash game. Uh, the Fox broadcast had you at over one hundred and fifty kilometers an hour. Is that something that you uh, hit constantly hit, or is that sort of a first time for you? Uh, that's it's a first time thing. I've, um, I guess I've always been a fast bowler, but the, that one fifty mark did feel like it was a, a a fair way off. But I think the the home crowd in Adelaide against the old team, I was I was pretty pumped up in front of family and friends as well. It was, it was pretty cool. Was it on the big screen? Did you know that you'd hit that mark? No, I didn't know until maybe we got a wicket and one of the twelfties ran out and said, "Geez, oh. you know you've hit one." And I was like, "Wow, okay." Pretty cool. That must that must yeah pump you up even even further <laughs> after hearing that I reckon. Yeah. And just before your first game uh, against the Heat, Michael Nisa presented you with your cap. What, what did he have to say? Uh, yeah, Ness was he had some really kind words. We've uh, together at the Strikers for a couple of years um, mm. before he came up here, and then I followed him up here. But yeah, he's he was yeah he's, he had some real nice words for me. Um, 
he's, yeah, I'm sure there's there's some footage of it, but it, it was yeah. Yeah, that's great. And you formed a great combination as well. Nice is coming to some form and obviously since you've been in, in the team, he'd have been winning. So it's a good combination for Brisbane at the minute. And, well, let's just talk about your journey. You said you've come from the Strikers. You're a South Australian boy and it's sort of seemed like you've just appeared, but you have been on the scene, for lack of a better term, for quite a long time. Is it right that uh, you didn't play for almost two years due to ankle stress fractures or something along those lines? Yeah, so I've been contracted in South Australia with the Redbacks. Uh, I got contracted at about 2021, 20, made, made my debut um, in that year and unfortunately got a, a stress fracture in my foot, um, which missed 12 months with and then sort of pre-season started, got myself up again and then that stress fracture went again, so I missed another 12 months. Um, so, yeah, there was it was pretty much 24 months without bowling a ball Um and then sort of after that first slot, after the second stress fracture, they put a screw in it, had some surgery, and that didn't – my body sort of rejected the screw, so then I missed another six months and um, had to take the screws out. So it was about a three-and-a-half, four-year process, um, and then that, that sort of gets us to last end of last year, I think, um, and I haven't really missed – I've been – body's been good touch wood for the last – 24 months. So how do you keep the motivation going during so much time out of cricket? Like, do you ever think, well, is it time to throw in the towel? Like, it must be so draining and difficult. Yeah, not, not really, to be honest. I've got really good support down in South Australia. They've, um, they have backed me in for the last six years. They've, they've stuck by me, um, not just the, the coaches and the high-performance staff, the, the physios and the doctors. Um, They've always sort of kept the faith and um, friends and family back home have been awesome as well. So they're, they're the ones that sort of help you keep going because, yeah, it could, could have quite easily gone, oh, this is too hard. I'm never going to get back to where I, I want to be or could be. But, um, yeah, it makes it all worth it now, definitely. Yeah. Um, now, I'm lucky enough here to have access to quite a few old matches. So I did go and back and have a look at your um, debut for South Australia uh, at North Sydney Oval. How much do you remember about that day? Because that was, yeah, as you said, almost six, five and a half years ago now. Yeah, I, I can remember that day very clearly. I I think it was the 12th or 13th of September 2017. <laughs> um, and I got I played because Joe Many had to fly home because it's for the birth of his child. So I came into the eleven. Um, I bowled two overs up, up top. Ferg was captain. Um, and then I was just running around in the field and I felt my ankle go, sort of felt a bit of a click and a clunk and I didn't, didn't feel great. Uh, managed to bowl the rest of my overs. Uh, got, got one for, which was nice, and we won. Um, and then sort of the next day, the ankle was still quite sore, so they sent me home and got a scan and, yeah, sure enough, there was a stress fracture in my talus. Oh, right. Oh, okay. So it happened in your in your Happened debut. in the debut game, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, your memory is pretty good, so I shouldn't – I don't need to ask who was your first wicket because you're obviously going to get it, aren't you? And yeah. Around the wicket, Seb Gotch? Yeah. Seb Gotch, yeah. I think it was a, just an off-pace delivery. Um, it was a, We made 350 and they made 340 or something. Um, Peter Siddle played, I remember. Yeah, I can remember it quite clearly. Are they happy memories or is it sort of bittersweet given that injury was there as well? Um, they're, they're happy, yeah. I remember 
Tim Nielsen presented my cup, and he—I think he actually got a, a quite emotional as when he when he delivered when he gave me the cap and it was a, quite a cool moment. Um, I was I was actually back there for the um, when we played the Sixers. It got rained out, um, and that was first time I'd been back since since I oh, yeah. had been injured. Yeah. Um, so that was a bit of a yeah yeah I don't know. It was a funny feeling being being back there. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt at all. And and then I also had a look at you played two matches in two thousand and twenty one. Got David Warner out in the Marsh Cup match actually. And one thing that stood out was your action looked quite a bit different in in those highlights as well. Have you changed much, or have you had to change much of your action? Um, yeah, but I have sort of. That's sort of how I've, I guess, um, gotten a little bit better. In I guess I've sort of improved um, gradually over the. As my body's gotten better, I've sort of worked mm-hmm. a few things out um, just from playing more cricket. But, um, yeah, I've sort of straightened things up um, technique-wise and I've done a bit of work with Mark Harrity and Luke Butterworth back in South Australia um, just to get a little bit more consistency because that was the feedback I was getting, a little bit inconsistent with my lengths. Um, now I'm sort of running in a bit straighter and a bit tighter lines. Um, so, yeah, there's uh, small changes, not not big changes. You're allowed to say you're you're getting better and you're improving, mate. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, and David Warner, is that the biggest wicket um, in your sort of shortish career so far that you would have taken, or is there a bigger name that you reckon you've you've no, taken I, in the past? I think Davies, yeah, he's probably the number one. Yeah, he was on about ninety though, and they only needed about ten to win. Um, so, but it was don't still tell pretty the cool. that, mate. Don't tell the listeners <laughs> that. They don't need to know. No, that. I nicked him off. I nicked him off on one. <laughs> And, yeah, so up at the heat now because you made the move and played T20 Max uh, with Redlands, which everyone knows is minus Labuschagne's club. How did that move come about and, and yeah, why did it come about? Um, well, yeah, I guess my, my strikers do had just sort of come to, come to an end and it was I saw it pop, on, pop up on a cricket.com article, I reckon, that they were, Queensland were running this comp and I thought, geez, I better get up there, um, get a fresh set of eyes on me. Um, and show Queensland what I can do, really. Um, and lucky enough that I've got a connection, Lee Drennan. Uh, he runs the We Got the Chocolates podcast, if you've seen Drennan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, good friends of mine. So I used to play with him in Adelaide, and he said, yep, you're coming up. Um, so, yeah, that's how I, I, I went up there, and pretty cool playing with Marnus. Um, and then I think Marnus got in the, the coach's ears up here and said, yeah, I've just played with him. I think we need to get him, get him up here. <laughs> well, so, your numbers were pretty good too in the T20 Max. Uh, nine wickets in seven matches and the best economy rate of all the pace bowlers at just five runs and over. But you guys, you had you, you had minus, you didn't make the finals. What happened? Yeah, we, we had we had it all. Um, unfortunately, we didn't quite. We dropped a couple of games that we probably shouldn't have. Um, and, yeah, it's, there's, there's some, there were some good players in that comp. Um, and some good teams as well, so yeah. you, you, you had to be we had to be very good. And is bowling in Queensland like this? Might be a, a silly question, but we're used to the Gabba being a fast bouncy wicket, and Adelaide Oval perhaps not as conducive to pace bowling. Is it the same across the whole state of Queensland versus South Australia, or do you also get pitches that you think, oh god, I don't want to bowl on this? Um, uh, not not really. My role is always going to be to run in and sort of bash a length and try and bowl fast so 
Um, I'm enjoying bowling at the Gabba, that's for sure. But playing at Adelaide Oval the other day in, in my second game was also, I think the Adelaide Oval is the best stadium in the world. I might be a bit biased there, but um, uh, yeah, the go. I'm having fun bowling at the Gabba or, or Adelaide Oval. Doesn't I'm not really that bothered. I'm just happy to be out there. Yeah. Um, now everyone's made the Mitchell Johnson comparisons as well. Was he one of your idols growing up, or who were the posters on your wall as a as a kid? Who did you want to emulate? Oh, B- Binger was the number one. Um, yeah. Okay. Just yeah, the the way he his technique is his bowling action is what we all sort of strive towards. Um, but yeah, Mitch Johnson's Ashes series twenty thirteen was that was quite scary. How good he was. Um, and then yeah, Starkey as well. Any any left armor is okay. I'm, I'm a big fan of. Um, <laughs> I love love how they go about their work. Um, but yeah. Yeah, the Unplayable podcast was a big fan of Marco Janssen and his sort of um, what he did in that test series. He he might have you covered for a height though. I reckon. Oh, he's he's a he's a big guy. Um, it was quite funny. So when sort of wasn't in the initial squads up here with the the Heat, um, Manus messaged me. We were got a coffee with Manus, and he said, "Oh, do you want to have a bowl?" And I think Janssen got him out. And he's like, oh, do you think yeah, you could get, pick up the Red Bull and, and have a bowl at training <laughs> with him and Steve Smith? So I said, absolutely. But he, he didn't. He said, no, don't worry about it. <laughs> okay. Minus has just got you on speed dial there apparently. Yeah. <laughs> and so, well, that's a good good little segue because you've played a bit of list A cricket. No first-class cricket to your name yet, but is that something that you aspire to do in the near future? Yeah, definitely. Playing for South Australia is, um, I guess that's the that's the goal. While while we all sort of play, um, I've been contracted with the Redbacks for a long time, well for a while now, and they've have sort of helped me through this journey. And um, to play for South Australia would be a great achievement and something that I'm really looking forward to doing. Hopefully soon. What do would you consider your best format? I mean, you've played a, a bit of red ball cricket here and there and obviously a lot of T20 cricket of late. Do you have a favourite or a best format, do you reckon? Uh, not really, to be honest. I could, any, when you miss so much cricket, you just want to be playing anything, um, whether it's red ball, white ball. I'm not really that bothered. I'm just happy to be out there with my mates and enjoy playing. That's That's it, really. A couple of uh, maybe different questions to finish, but the hair, mate. It, it, everybody's talking about the Spencer Johnson's hair. <laughs> yeah, there's a bit happening up there, isn't there? Is there inspiration there, or are you just letting that? Yeah, that's that's just how I wake up. Really, I chuck a hat on, and when I take the hat off, that's what it looks like. Um, <laughs> wash it, wash it once a week, I think, um, and then yeah, however it is, it is. <laughs> Well, I'm a big fan, so stick with it for the minute. Um, and <laughs> I've also heard a bit of a whisper, um, Italian connection. Um, some whispers that you could qualify and play for Italy. Is that true? Yeah, that's correct. I've got um, some Italian heritage. I'm, I'm actually a dual citizen with here in it, Australia and Italy. So the plan is to play to help get Italy into the 2024 World Cup. It's in the Caribbean in the U.S., Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm looking forward to that's in July in Scotland. So we've got a, I think we've got five T20s in July, um, and then if we qualify, then we'll be in the 2024 World Cup. So is that a parent or a grandparent connection? Yeah, my my nono, my grandfather moved here when he was 19, 
um, and then started a family. Um, and then my, yeah, my mum, she's an Italian citizen as well. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. So, the, yeah, the, the roots are there. Yeah, fantastic. And I think there's, well, there's traditionally been a bit of an Australian connection with that Italian team as well. Is there still a few Aussies in charge of that setup over there? I think the Devenuto De is, um, I'm not sure if he's, a, I think he's a coach, batting coach, pretend, I think so. Joe Burns is also sort of the Australian correspondent. I think that's what he's calling it. Um, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, we've, and then there's a few players, uh, Ben Menenti, he qualifies. I think Jake Doran qualifies. So Bloody there's quite hell. a few of us. Um, that will hopefully head over in, in July and play for Italy. Wow, Italy's going to be stacked. Um, <laughs> you might be playing on hard wickets. I'm not sure how many turf pitches they roll out over there. No, nah, I think it's turf. I hope it's turf. <laughs> Let's hope so. Uh, and, and who knows, maybe by the time the 2024 World Cup rolls around, you'll have a decision to make, Italy or Australia, um, if things go to plan. Oh, yeah, that, if things go to plan, that, yeah, that would be quite cool, but... At the minute, I'm just doing whatever's in front of me. Excellent. Spencer, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure chatting to you and all the best for the rest of the BBL season and the rest of uh, the Redback season as well. Beautiful. Thanks, Josh. Thanks for having me on.